Being a professional isn't about the money you make, the position you hold, your level of expertise or fame. It's the motivation and the attitude you bring to your work. A desire for always learning and improving and balancing your creative output with getting the business done. Welcome and join the Creating Pros. Hi, and welcome back to Creating Pros. I'm your host, Jim Nettles, and this week I'm going to talk a little bit about the power of myth. Uh, going a little bit beyond just the idea of story and myth is how do we look at myth? What does it mean for us in culture? And then how can we apply this to how we run our creative businesses, how we go about marketing, branding, and the importance of how all these moving pieces fit together. And so I want to talk a little bit about, first of all, what do I mean by myth? Because we often have a lot of ideas as to what the word itself means. And myth often serves as one of the most important facets of culture, of society, and of our lives. It influences and has connection to everything that we do. But what do I mean by myth? And you'll find a lot of different definitions, um, depending on what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish, depending on what the, the nature and the scope is of the conversation. But you can even get down to the point where the idea of how you define myth is being almost a myth in and of itself. You know, ideas of folklore and faith, religion, even the supernatural. These are often the things that come to mind when we go and define the idea of what a myth is or a legend is. But for purposes of this conversation, I'm going to use the idea that a myth is something that contains an element of truth um, or certain truth, certain indelible truth, certain stories, things that are part of our collective common nature and culture. Um, it's a way of remembering and passing on lessons, knowledge, experience. And it's the thing that allows us to create and share experiences throughout time and space. Um, it really reminds us who we are, where we came from, and can inform in a lot of ways where we're headed to and going. You know, fundamentally, the idea is that myths are things that answer timeless questions. They act as that compass uh, for where we're going. They, they give us direction and they help us reframe our generations. Because myths hold those very core truths, but how we see them and how we interpret them change depending on where we're at and what our culture, what our society is at the given time. And looking at this idea of myth and the importance of myth and the importance of story, when we look at creative companies, creative businesses, it's kind of obvious. You know, I'm a storyteller. I'm guiding people through, um, you know, the idea of, of a journey. There's the hero's journey. There is the idea of picking up, facing challenges and how we deal with things. But even beyond that, every business, every company, every brand faces a similar idea of telling the story that is identifying who they are, what they do as a brand and as a company. And with this idea of the hero's journey with this idea of the great and grand story. I want to kind of frame this up a little bit in Joseph Campbell. Um, most of you are probably at least somewhat familiar with the hero's journey with Joseph Campbell's analysis of how myth works. And I think this is one of those things where we can apply those lessons into how we look at creativity, how we look at business and how we look at our branding ourselves. So Joseph Campbell always said that myth serve four functions, the first of which is the mystical function. 
Um, it's the idea that helps people understand and look at the greater universe around them, the great cosmos. It's this idea of what does it mean to be human and face this grand unknown, you know, to look at things which are both exciting and terrifying, to get this look up at the space, the sky, and know that there's something out there that's unseen, um, you know, whether it's the supernatural nature or whether it's just the idea of an expansive cosmos that is so much larger than what we can even truly conceptualize and understand. It's that idea that there is so much out more out there than just us, than just me as the individual. The second part of it is what's called the cosmological function. And this is a little bit closer to us. It's looking at this grand cosmos and then trying to say, okay, I'm just trying to connect to the world, the world around me, the world I see, the world I don't see. I'm just trying to create a connection to my world, to my life, to my environment. It gives us language. It gives us allegory. It gives us ways to explain the cosmology of the world that's around us. Some of that comes out in, in religion and faith. Some of that comes out in folklore and story. Some of this comes out in a lot of different ways, but Fundamentally, this is where we're looking at this as a people and trying to say, how do I fit into this bigger, greater world? Then the third factor broken down was the idea of the sociological function. How does community work? How do the societal norms work for the people? If I'm in a small village or a small tribe, my societal norms and my societal functions are very different from those of people that live in a large metro environment and a large city um, and large international you know, trade and travel. So the society that functions and how it functions is very different depending on what the environment is we're trying to live in, survive in, thrive in, and who is around us, what kind of opportunities we have and what kind of risks do we face, what kind of challenges do we face. Myth gives us the role by which we create the rules for society. It lets us explore those rules, those ideas. It leans into how we treat each other. It gives rise to how we treat family, friends, neighbors, and how we go about handling the conflicts and things that are inevitable in life. And this is one of the big, really kind of core functions. But this also then leads into the fourth and what I often argue would be the most important function of myth. And this is pedagogy. This is looking at, while we look at the great cosmos, while we look at the idea of trying to take this grand, incomprehensible, you know, infinity, while we're looking at how we treat the greater world around us, how we look at the people that surround us, friends, family, conflict, all of that. Well, the biggest point of myth is a way of us looking at, understanding, and trying to interpret our place in it. You know, who are we? What, what should we do? What are the experiences of those <clears throat> that have come before us? What's the life experiences that have happened throughout time? Part of the big function of myth is realizing that humanity is humanity, people are people. We have very common experiences, regardless if I was born in ancient Greece or ancient Egypt, or I was born you know, in Eastern Europe 
50 years ago, or I was born, you know, 20 years ago in the United States, there are still standard human experiences we go through birth, death, birthdays, um, first kisses, first dates, all the things that happen that build relationships around us. We see all of these things in the myth around us. Yes, we remember the great and grand stories, but myth gives us a personal framework to see what life is about. Um, it's about serving our greatest role, which is we're all on a stage. We're all here. We have a very limited amount of time. And the question of what do we do with it? Do we just try to survive? Do we try to grow? Do we try to create and face certain challenges? Do we try to create change? Well, the power of myth walks us through those experiences throughout time and history. And it means that we both have an obligation to learn throughout our lives. But one of the things that I also am a firm believer in is not only should we always be learning, we should also be teaching those that are around us. Because the act of teaching is also one of the greatest ways of learning. And if we're lucky, if we're lucky as we go through and pursue our lives, as we go about trying to be storytellers and creators, if we go around trying to build businesses and companies and make a living out of this creative space, if we're lucky, we get a chance to add to the collective myth of our society. With that idea, you know, what are some of the largest ideas that we can take away from myth, from legend? You know, how can we use this to empower us? How can we use this to help create change for ourselves? How can we use this to build onto the world that's around us? Well, <clears throat> we look at the greater idea of the cosmology, right? Most of us live in cities and urban areas. And even in the more rural areas, you know, there's a tremendous amount of light pollution. We can't look up at the skies the same way we could, even like we could when I was a kid. Um, you know, I remember even not that many years ago, being able to walk out in certain places and brilliantly see the Milky Way and, and see these very remote stars. I'll pull the telescope out and look <clears throat> at planets, look at the cosmos, look at things that are around us. But even with the idea that there's a lot of noise and light pollution and things that obscure some of the view that we have, we still can look in, up and see the moon and, and some of the brightest stars, the planets. We still can see these things and know that they're there. Well, we can take the lesson that if we do take this time to look up and, and see everything that's around us, we can either have a sense of existential dread the idea that, oh my God, look at everything that is out there in the universe. Why do I matter? Or maybe we get to take a look at it from the opportunity that, yes, we might be on some little speck of a rock tucked away in the back corner of just one small galaxy in the universe. But we're fortunate enough to be here and to be able to look up at the skies and contemplate this and contemplate our meaning in it. And have that opportunity to be some small part of it, you know, and if we look at it that way, this idea that we're here for a relatively short period of time, you know, in a cosmological sense, it's a blink of an eye, not even. Well, if we look at the fact that most myths, most of the stories, most of the heroes journeys we see 
you know, they're not about somebody's entire life and everything that ever happened. They're about moments. They're about few instances that happen, sometimes in hours or days. Sometimes it's about weeks or we see pieces over even years, but it's never someone's complete life, never their complete history. And this is part of the power of myth is knowing that there are sometimes great mythic elements to just a connection between two people. Or sometimes it's great mythic elements that happen when somebody goes on that great grand journey of experience. Either way, we have an opportunity to become the heroes of our own story. And hopefully it we're the heroes of a lot of people's story, not the villain. Now, one of the other big points that we have to look at here is myth is in many ways history. Myth is a remembering, a retelling. It's looking at collective experience. And myths give us a great deal of guidance. They give us a lot of warnings about how things can go wrong. They give us a lot of ideas that if we do A, these things will become a threat. And if we look historically, stories like the monster in the woods, you know, when we looked at more tribal, more, more nomadic cultures, you know, you told, you told the kids about the stories about don't go to the lake, don't go to the woods because you can get lost. You know, there's monsters out there that might get you. In a lot of ways, we can look at those same stories today and use that about the monsters on the internet, the monsters on social media. There's definitive truths and realities in both. There are always threats around, but we don't have to live in fear of them, but we do have to be aware of them and how to confront those things. Myths can give us the guidance and the strength to know that people can confront and handle the challenges that come up. We can handle the risks. We can handle all the different things that happen and survive those things and ultimately thrive past them. And that's a big part of the journey is seeing what challenges have people faced before and how have they come through them or not? Because sometimes in myth, we get to see the people that face something and never emerged from it. And we all know people that are like that as well. And myths, in that sense, offer us fundamental truths. They offer us ideas, stories, allegories. It is maybe a fictional wrapping around that truth. It is a core idea, a core experience. It's just part of humanity, part of life. We all will experience it in some way, shape, or form maybe not as grandiose or as tragic or not as exuberant, not as extravagant an experience, but we're all going to face those things. Myth wraps up that experience and let us see how people have dealt with that in the past. You know, are we all going to be, you know, sleeping beauty in the woods? Are we all going to have gone through that allegory of the witch trying to, you know, to capture us because of some jealousy or something like that? Are we going to be looking at other myths that are epic? I mean, if we look at a lot of the Hans Christian Andersen type tales, we see very dark stories. Disney takes and repackages them. You know, we still see a lot of the darkness, the challenges, the trials, the tribulations. But we also then see sometimes the joy 
and the way that people survive them. Is that necessarily our experience? No, but it is an experience and it's a way of looking at those stories and myths. We also all have that opportunity to look at the myths, the experiences that others have had and help to reinterpret them within our own lens and our own view. Now, if you do look at some of these myths and try to take the lessons from them, the parables, the stories, religious texts and journeys, they also all provide the same sort of an idea, that idea of people have come before, people have faced trials and tribulations. And that really does provide an idea of guidance. Now, just because somebody has gone through something, seen something, experienced something, doesn't mean that it's always a roadmap. It doesn't mean that you're going to follow the exact same path and have the same experience. You know, it's the old joke of, you can go on the trip, but your mileage may vary. And that leads to kind of one of the things to me, which is the, the big benefit of how we can take these ideas from myth. Myths can give us hope. Now, granted, a lot of the stories we tell, we sell fear. We sell conflict. This is the fundamentals of most of the stories that we sell, science fiction, fantasy, horror, there's a lot of conflict in there that we have to put people in situations where the question is how we get them out of them. You know, how did they escape from, from the situations they're put into? Especially if we create that idea of the big hero. Well, to have a big hero means there's got to be a big villain and a really big conflict. But not every story has to be that. Other stories may be cozies. They may be just a small romance. It may be just a short story that tells how two people met and shared a joke. There can be joy and happiness in that. Myths give us the tool sets by which to tell these stories. And it gives us a common language to use for, us to, for all of us to share and experience in these various tales that are part of common human experience. If we look at ancient Greek myths, if we look at like Zeus and look at all of the various ways that he bare bore a lot of different progeny, if we look at the deceptions, the lies, the different stories that were told, we would look at that today and go, horrible person, horrible creature, horrible deity. And that was a large part of the story then too, but we have to look at those stories from the period of the culture they came from and understand that we live in a different time in a different world. How we reimagine those behaviors and things that we would retell those stories and the way that we could look at the lessons that came from that, because we also saw Hera. When we look at Hera and her reactions to the behaviors of her husband, we often look at Hera as being the great villain, but was she? She often was looking at and the question was, did she punish the right people? Well, that's up for argument. But we also have, then have to look at the idea of these myths about the laws, the rules, <clears throat> the societal norm of deities as being very different from the societal norms of people and what we have to live with. And part of that idea also became the idea of giving us reasons to understand and explore the world around us, the things that happen. Well, 
when we get to watch some of these stories, when we look at how we reimagine and tell them today, we also have that opportunity to see in them not, not the bad things that happen, not the challenges, but to get the hope that people do have the ability to face these challenges, survive them, and grow and learn from them. And this, to me, is some of the greatest powers of men. You know, as creators, we get the opportunity to explore these ideas, these concepts, and look at them through our, the lens of our own times and look at them through the lenses of our own, own experiences. When we look at the concept that, you know, there's seven basic stories, you know, this kind of goes along with the idea of Jungian psychology. Yes, there's other systems. There's a certain number. But we can all settle on the idea that fundamentally in life, and in human experience, there's only a handful of really major things that happen, whether it's the person that comes to town, the person that leaves town, leaving and going on a journey, getting to meet someone and fall in love, humor, or all the things that kind of happen. Well, one of the things that we can settle on is the most important part of myth is not about the structure, but the characters. It's the hero, the antagonist. It's the conflict, how the conflict comes about and how the conflict is resolved. As creators, as business owners, this is one of those things we have to take away. When we look at things, we have to look at them in the light of what am I doing? Why am I doing it? What value am I creating? What purpose am I serving? The reason the hero's journey resonates with us as storytellers, whether it is on the page, in film, um, whether it's in a painting, a song. The reason the hero's journey resonates with us so much is because it mirrors life, the ups and downs, the challenges we face. It's the conflicts we have to address. It's the things that help us grow if we allow them to, or the things that shut us down. You know, we can take these ideas of myth, and we can use them as allegory, as lessons, as inspiration. It's ways to help us grow. It's ways to help us look and create brands. It helps us create things as creators. You know, we all create derivatives of stories that have come before us. I mean, even if we go back to Plato and the tales of Atlantis, he goes and says, oh, yeah, this was this is a story stolen from the Egyptians. And from the Egyptians that came before that. This is the power of myth through time. We're telling the same stories, but we're telling them for our new times. We're telling them within our experience, within our social systems. One of the great things that we have and in terms of the West is the freedom to tell stories in a lot of different ways. I've been in places and countries where you didn't have that freedom where the stories that were told could only be told through certain very controlled narratives, certain controlled lights. This is a great reminder that comes out of myth is because we see these stories in myth as well. Um, how we're governed, how society works. I am a big believer that everyone has a story to tell and everyone has a purpose to their narrative. And this is one of those big things we get to look at from myth as well. We all have an opportunity to become part of the mythos, to be added to the song, 
you know, we get a chance to be told of and remembered as a part of culture. When we create artwork, when we create new things, when we create brand, you know, it's that opportunity to become the modern bard. You know, we get to share the experiences of others. We get to be better creators. We get to be better business owners. And the question is, if I take on that idea of I'm the bard, I am the storyteller, how can we make this apply to our creative businesses, our brands? Well, we have to become part of that mythos. You know, we become part of the culture. We become in some way minor, you know, minor celebrities. Um, we become minor public figures. If you do things like this that show up on social media, podcasting, if you do the amount of media I do, you wind up becoming at least to some minor extent a public figure. If you publish work and you have it out there in front of others, you're there for critique. You're, you're there for commentary. You don't get to make change or stimulate thought without kind of rubbing up and creating that conflict. This is the importance of it. You know, bards in history served a lot of purposes. They were the storytellers that told the news of the day. They created and told the stories of, of common experience through song. Sometimes they were the satirists and the people that were the jesters that were able to show the leadership, the royalty, whoever the case may be, the, the truths of their administrations. And often the most powerful form of the, of the bards was to also be the voice of the gods. They were the ones that reminded people that deities were there of what the deities were doing. I mean, we see in much of modern myth the idea that deity doesn't exist without followers, without believers. Well, much of what we do is the exact same thing. Without followers, without readers, without consumers, our ideas, they're there, they're on the page, they're on the, they're on, they're on the screen, they're on the canvas. They're there and they exist, but without audience to know that it's there, it's the old, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? We as creators know it exists. We know what we had in our minds and our thoughts when those things came to light. But if no one else has the opportunity to look at it through their lens, do we get that reflected back to us? So part of our role as creators is to become part of the mythos. So remember, toss a coin to your, I mean, toss a coin to your Amazon and go buy a book, but because all the creators want to be supported. But beyond that, how can we look at these four facets of mythos? How can we look at being the modern storyteller? What can this do for us as any kind of a business owner in building a brand, in building a name, in building a reputation? in becoming part of the societal song, whether it is we're just a note or whether we're an entire verse in the culture. Well, let's look at the mystical function first. This idea that, yes, once we acknowledge that we're part of this much larger universe and we've got to claim, you know, we have our small place in it. You know, we have an obligation to create leadership and thoughts, ideas, and take action. 
you know, we have to accept that we're not the only players and that there's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of concepts. There's a lot of desires. And all these things need to be tested within the society. And when these things are tested, when they're tried out, when they're challenged, when they're critiqued, we also have to be ready for that result. We have to figure out, were we the heroes of that story or were we not? And the truth of it is, we're never fully ready to be tested. We're only ready once we have been tested and once we know how we react, how we face that adversity. So the first big piece of this is recognizing the fact that there is a great big universe out there. No, we're not going to move where the stars are, but we can definitively at least be some sort of a small beacon where we're at. So the second part of it, if we look at it from that cosmological sense, that idea of how do we really start to understand the world around us? Well, we'll never fully understand the social system of the world around us. You know, society is messy. Life is messy. You know, governments, the way rule works, the way that politics works, the way the religions work, all of this is very messy and ultimately chaotic. We're always looking for those institutions that grant us that idea of order and safety and just wanting to be able to be our little place in the world. Well, one of the things that myth reminds us is that safety and security and order are always temporary. That someone is always looking to change that order, to change the system, to say, no, this doesn't work. We want to work it a different way. This goes back to that mystical function of testing society, testing how things work. We're always looking for heroes. We're looking for the guides that will lead us to the next stage of safety, right? We're looking for the idea. We're looking for those people from mythos that are going to guide us, that are going to help change us, transform us. And we have to realize that this journey is never easy that the greatest lessons come out from the most tr the greatest trials and tribulations, the hardest part of the journey. And the biggest piece that we never like to admit is that the more, most important growth we will ever face is our own. That how we face things means that we become stronger people, we become more knowledgeable, more experienced. And if we want to become forces for positive change and positive growth and bring that light into our culture, we can't do that until we've really faced that idea and found ways for ourselves to grow and create our own identities. It's a little bit like the old idea of if you're on a plane and you heard the briefing, put the mask on the passenger next to you before, or put, put your own mask on first so that you're able to help the others around you. Put your own mask on, and then you can put it on the kid next to you or the person that needs help. The third part here is one of the ones that really can be an opportunity or a major challenge. And this is that sociological function we talked about. You know, becoming a mythic character, becoming... Becoming that role model, becoming that figure, that minor celebrity, that person that people need to listen to or, or want to listen to or grow or, or learn from. Becoming a mythic means becoming a role model, a teacher, a leader, a guide. 
you know, we look at, if we look at Star Wars and the classic, you know, the, the classic hero's journey, we have Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is only there for a short period of time, but passes on a lot of knowledge and lessons in that short period. There are a lot of ways to thrive in any given culture. Now, different cultures have different trials and tests and operating systems and means of control. But in every one of them, even the most authoritarian, the most dictatorial, there are opportunities to grow, to thrive, and to have influence. For some of us, what that means is creating the safe space, the quiet place, something within the greater machine of society where you can express these ideas, where you have the, uh, the opportunity to pick up that mantle of the hero's journey and share it with just a few people. You get the opportunity to be that hero or sometimes the villain of your own story. But within the sociological function, the way that brands work, the way that all of these things work is we tell a story. And if we tell a compelling story that attracts the right people, well, that's a big part of myth is that we find the people that it resonates with. And the fourth piece here to consider, and this is one of those things that really is kind of the, the critical path, going back to the original four, pedagogy. The, bis the biggest question we all face, we start with this idea as children. You know, it's that idea of why. Why am I here? What's my purpose? You know, what's my mission in life? We all have that idea that I'm supposed to be doing something. I'm here for a reason. What is that reason? Well, a lot of people never really pursue that. We get older. We go and say, mm, I'm just going to happy be happy being this cog in the wheel. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to come home, I'm going to watch TV, I'm going to go to bed, and I'm going to do it all again tomorrow. Or I'm going to come home, I'm going to read a book, I'm going to play a game, whatever the case is. These are the things in life where they create regularity and routine and a little bit of experience. We get out, we do a little bit of life, but fundamentally, we just get into a path and a road. For creators... For business owners, one of the biggest things becomes this. If you know what your position in place is in life, that's fantastic. But for most of us, the reason for setting out and becoming creative, the reason for most of us in setting out and building businesses, for building our own path, not working for someone else, not, not becoming part of someone else's story, for creating our own story, is the journey. We never set out on a path knowing exactly where we're going to wind up. We don't know where it's exactly going to take us. Even the best plan and roadmap and laid out trips never go entirely to plan. In fact, often the more we try to plan for it, the more we wind up taking other side paths. And in my view, it's often not where I'm headed to that's the most important. It's taking the journey. It's seeing what we see along the way. It's finding the opportunities. It is finding the people we connect with. Because at the end of the day, part of the reason for creativity is to create that human connection. 
the human connection with somebody today, tomorrow, or maybe even in a century after we're long gone. The idea that we might have that little part of the song of culture, of time, you know, it's that's really the part that's important here. Because if we're dead set on a destination, on a particular result, if we don't get to that exact particular result, then we often will consider it a failure. Where in truth, we may have succeeded and accomplished way more than we ever thought we were going to. If we have a direction, we set out on that path, but are willing to follow the old myths, to understand sometimes you've got to take a side trip or a side quest. That even the strongest hero's journey, yes, they've got the mission at the end of it, but that's not the end of the story. That the biggest stories we tell are still only those moments in time. When we look at the hero's journey, we have to know what lens we're looking at the world through. We have to understand our ideas, our experience, our biases, because I can only really comprehend those things for which I have some degree of experience. Reading, knowing, and understanding myths give me an opportunity to look at stories through other lenses, other experience, other knowledge. The more we're able to learn about ourselves and how we perceive the world around us, the better we can teach the people we meet, the better we can reach audiences, customers, the better we can reach out to those people that might resonate or benefit from what we're doing, the people that might actually enjoy it. If we look at that idea of the purpose of life, it is the more true we can be to ourselves, the more credible we are with the people we reach, and ultimately the more authentic we are with the world and our brands. And authentic is a word I really have grown to have a challenge with over time because it's so overused and misused. But in this sense, authenticity is being our true selves. And if you're out there for long enough, the true self always comes out. Always. This is part of the journey. This is part of the myth we see in all classic myths is that there is no perfect hero. We all have our flaws. We all have those facets to ourselves we don't like or experience or whatever the case may be. And if by recognizing those flaws in our heroes and in the myths means that we have new ways and new tools to help develop and grow past our own flaws, our own problems, our own opportunities to develop. So when we talk about being creative, when we talk about building a creative life, building a creative business, when we're talking about building this particular lifestyle, we are mythologizing ourselves. We're becoming a piece of the myth. We're becoming a piece of the cultural myth. We're becoming those public figures, even minor public figures that are storytellers. We're adventurers. We are business owners. We're people that are sharing our journey, our story, our mission, our purpose, our reason, that's so what is the big benefit out of creating our own myth? Well, number one is one of those things I talk about a lot is creating that, that avatar, that, that persona, the one that people see. 
You want it to be as real as possible, but you want it to be the best you. And hopefully that best you can be larger than life. Um, it's the, the you that is able to do things that maybe the core you is wouldn't do or would be afraid of doing. That persona should be the larger you that is able to go out and face the challenges of the world. Meet people, become a public figure, become that leader, become that teacher, and ultimately become that lifelong student. The second big thing that myth can give us by understanding myth, by living around the idea of myth, we get to take that collection of gifts, of skills, of talents, of all those things we've worked on, our education, and we get to create those places for other people to come and join us on parts of our journey. You know, they get to come to a place where we can learn, we can teach, and a place where others can be inspired to find their role in life, where they can be inspired to find their true selves, to find and maybe even set out on their own journey. Because the vast majority of us will only take the smallest part of the journey that we have available to us because it's hard. It's hard to go out and set out on that journey. It's hard to face the unknown. It's hard to it's hard to sometimes give up the illusions of safety and security that we have to then pursue those things that potentially could give us a greater life, greater joy, greater knowledge, greater experience. That thing that on our deathbed we get to go and say, well, okay, I had some fun. I got to do some things. I got to have impact. I got to create a little piece of my own myth. So in that, that means you wind up becoming that role model, that teacher, that guide, that, that person that really is creating the space for other people, not for everyone, but just for your people. And when we go and we try to say, no, everyone needs to follow my path. Everyone needs to believe in my one way. This is when we're often losing that path because your truth is not everyone's truth. My truth is not everyone's truth. But we can find those people where we have a shared truth, a shared knowledge, a shared experience. And when we do that, we then are enabled because we have those people that support us, our work, everything else in building the brand to go out there and live our life's purpose, to find what the meaning is for our lives, to find the rewards of facing life's challenges. And all of this is both a matter of personal growth, personal experience, but it's also really the process of creating a brand. Because if you're a creator and you want to make a living at this and you want to be any kind of an entrepreneur, you are your brand, whether you're selling your work or someone else's. Your name, your identity is the way for people to identify with you and what you're doing, what you're selling, how you're making a living. And know that audience won't be everyone. It never will be everyone and it can't be everyone. If one person and one product satisfied everyone, then none of the rest of us would have purpose. You have to find and attract those people that resonate with you and with what you're doing, your work your audience, your fans, your customers. 
you'll get the opportunity to influence some people that don't necessarily agree with you or don't hold the same views. But realistically, that's probably not your main focus. For some people, it will be. But for others, it really needs to be to find that tribe, that audience, those people who are ready and willing to listen and are looking for you and the message you have, the experience you share, the world you create. So until next week on Creating Pros, it's time to pick up your pack and head into the world. Um, as you can see over my shoulder, if you're watching the video, you can see that um, Fairy Films is finally out. I had the joy of being a small part of this project. This is part of what inspired me to tell the story this week because it is all about looking at films and folklore through different lenses and all the different contributors. We take a look at one or more different media properties and we take a look at them through our lens and our view of fairy folklore and myth and legend and how there are certain commonalities that go through life. So if you have enjoyed the talk today and if you've enjoyed any of the lesson about brand and brand building, maybe you'll find a little bit of joy in this too. It was a great fun piece to do. Um, and if not, we'll see you again next week. Thanks for joining.